Well, I was asked <clears throat> this morning if if the sermon had a had a title, and I hadn't thought about it that far, uh, and so I had to kind of come up with a title for the sermon. I'm not much of, of preaching and you know breaking it down in titles and and all this kind of stuff, and but I guess I, I guess I needed to have one. So if if it was going to have a title this morning, it would be worship. Who who who'd have guessed it, right? <clears throat> worship. God doesn't need another song. And so that's, that's what we've labeled this thing as this morning. We're going to go ahead and, and get into it. Worship, God doesn't need another song. It's time to worship, guys. Boy, today is going to be awesome because we have this new song that God's going to stand up and shout about. We're going to have this awesome guitar riff in the middle of it that's going to make God be like, what? No, they didn't. The newest and the best song, the hottest new group, the best set of instrumentalists, God is really blown away. Really? The creator of all the universe is blown away by your awesome rendition of a song. Really? A.W. Tozer said it this way. To great sections of the church, the art of worship has been lost entirely. And in this place has come that strange and foreign thing called the program. This word has been borrowed from the stage and applied with sad wisdom to the type of public service which now passes for worship among us. Rightly said, but sadly so, amen? This is what happens when the worship becomes about us or for us, and its true focus has been lost. You see, God created the heavens and the earth and all that there is, and he created them all for the purpose of worshiping him, everything that has been created, was created for the purpose of worshiping the Father. Everything and everyone, period. When the subject is worship, the stakes are high because worship is what God is all about. God is the center of everything that exists above all the little gods of earth. He alone is the creator, the sustainer, the originator, the life giver. That's why every glimpse into God's presence throughout the pages of his word affirms that God dwells in endless, endless praise. Notice the angel, the host of Revelation, never ceasing to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. Never do they stop. That's going constantly, day and night. Day and night, night and day. Let incense arise. And the heavens are telling of the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of His hands. Psalms 19.1 declares. Why? Because that's what they're created to do, day after day, night after night, to tell God and anyone else who's paying attention that He's huge, He's all-powerful, He's glorious, He's limitless, beyond our wildest imagination found this clip, and some, some of you may have seen it, but I, I really felt like this was just a, a noteworthy clip for us to watch, so pay attention to this. Watch this clip. And listen to That's it. That's really happening because stars don't just shine. Stars also sing. Let me just show you a couple more stars. This one is called the Vela Pulsar. And it's magnificent. It's a thousand light years away. It's a highly magnetized neutron star. Right. 
It simply means this star exploded into a supernova, and in the case of the Vela Pulsar, it collapsed back on itself in a magnetic entity, and as a pulsar, it began oscillating on its axis. This one oscillates 11 times a second on its axis. And as it is oscillating, you can see what's happening. It's shooting a radio frequency out of itself. When they aimed the radio telescopes at the Vela Pulsar, this is what they heard. And this is what this guy does 24-7, day and night, 365 days a year. This is what, from a thousand light years away, the Vela Pulsar sounds like right now. This is it. Listen to this. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I, that blew me away. I'm thinking, wow, this is incredible. You're like, well, what does it mean? I don't know. Is that some kind of Morse code for something? Or what, what, what does all that mean? I don't know what it means, but, and I don't want to you know, go too crazy here, but maybe the Vela Pulsar got wind somehow innately of Psalm 148, verse 3, and says, it says, praise him, sun and moon, and all you shining stars. We're a shining star. We should praise him. Well, how are we going to praise him? I know. Let's oscillate 11 times a second on our axis and see if we can send a radio signal into the universe that would join in the symphony of of God's praise from all creation. It's singing. The stars are singing to him. I recently stumbled on 47 Tuck. It's a, a beautiful uh, cluster of stars. We'll show you the picture of it here. There are 12 of these super giant blue stars in there, but the things that are of interest to us tonight are these millisecond pulsars. And right now tonight, while we're sitting in this room, the 16 recorded millisecond pulsars and 47 tuck are making this sound right now. beautiful who knew no god has his own string section he's not beautiful and we just looked at one 11 times a second pulsar and 16 millisecond pulsars and you start seeing psalm 48 come to life but look down at verse 7 it says praise the lord from the earth you great sea creatures in all deeps the, the whale songs could sound like this right here take a listen don't know the expanse of the worship that is continually surrounding the throne of God. And our songs are great, but God isn't banking on our songs because he is surrounded by a symphony that's bigger than our wildest dreams tonight. Stars sing and whales sing and the birds fly. And I just tried to imagine what would it sound like if you could just for a second be God and hear what he hears. And I can't get us there tonight, but I, I came close. I had a friend 
who helped me with this little iPad program. And, and I'm not a DJ, but I, I just a little thing, just quickly, and I, I want you to see how this works. Now, this guy, we didn't look at his picture. He's PSR BO329-54. And he's only rotating one and a half times per second, which is not all that much, but we need him in our little experiment we're going to do here, okay? Um, and then we had the Vela Pulsar. You remember the Vela Pulsar, right? So that's that guy. But that's a little too fast for what we're trying to do, so we're going to slow that down, okay? Put the, uh, the millisecond guys in there. The ones you just heard, here they come. really clear like what are they singing and we tried this and you just got to know this is unedited we just dropped this on and this is what happened this is what they might be singing
time, just you and the whales. Just you and the whales. What's really wild is this massive God who has never known any shortage of worship wants to be worshipped by you. That was like 18 stars, folks. There's billions, billions of stars singing to our God, the universe and all of the creation, worshiping him. Can't imagine. And I, I know the stars aren't up there going, hey, that's a cool song. Let's pick that one. Let's sing along with he was making a point about the stars worshiping God. They're not singing how great. Well, they might be. I don't know. But anyway, he wants to be worshipped by you. Worship isn't about us. It's about God and for God. I think sometimes we get sidetracked in this me-centered culture of consumerism and think that somehow it's about us or it's for us. Be careful of becoming consumers of worship. It's all about what I get. Worship isn't about us. It's not about our reputation. As a great worship church or awesome worship team, it's not even about what songs we sing or what style we sing them in. We were created to be consumed by or in the process of worship. It's more than a song service or a song style. It's a lifestyle. Now that we know that God's not necessarily impressed by our Awesome songs or amazing guitar riffs. He has some pretty outstanding and awesome things out there that he's listening to all the time. Let's, let's look at what worship really is and, and uh, what does impress God. So if you have your Bibles today, turn with me to the book of Hebrews. And we're going to read in the book, uh, book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verses 15 and 16. Verse 15 says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips that openly profess his name. Verse 16 says, And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for such, with such sacrifices God is pleased. There's so much contained in that scripture that there could be countless sermons on that one scripture. So I want to break that down a little bit for you this morning. Let's look at the first portion of it. Through Jesus. Week after week, I see churchgoers coming into the services, and it's obvious many times that this is probably the first time since last Sunday that they've had occasion to commune with God. They enter in the doors empty and spent and they're from their week. And after the service, they leave almost as empty and just as spent. They'd be more spent, but they didn't make any effort to praise or worship, so that meter didn't move very much on that one. They watched a worship show for 30 minutes and may have thought to themselves, man, these guys are great, or, uh, or I wish that leader would pick some songs that I like, or can't we just get on to the preaching because I've really got some things I need to get done after this. And 
Can I tell you that you'll never benefit from worship if you come through those doors without first coming through the door? The first part of that scripture says, through Jesus. We come to church having our weak strapped to our minds and our hearts and nowhere near ready for worship. We watch others as they worship but are hardly even moved because we need someone to get us to a place where we can worship. Come on, leader, get me there. Come on, pastor, get me there. If we don't come through the door before we come through those doors, chances are we're going to be consumers of the worship rather than the consumees in worship. But if we come through the door before we enter these doors, we don't need anyone to get us there because we're already there and we're ready to join in and we're ready to cry out and we're ready to give him the worship and we're ready to receive from him as he inhabits our praise. Through Jesus, through the door. Through Jesus, therefore, and here's let us. And in this, the greater Greek and Hebrew and all that, us means us. Collectively, let us. Not the worship pastor, not the praise team or the singers, not the preacher, not the Sunday school teacher, us. All of us, and that includes you. They can't worship for you. It's not their lips offering up your sacrifice of praise. It's yours. It's yours. This is so important. It's yours. He wants to hear you. Worship is a participation event. It's you and God are the participants, and collectively it's us and God as the participants. We worship, He receives, and He inhabits. Many worshipers, one object and recipient of worship, God. God. Through Jesus, therefore, let us, and the next word is continually, doesn't just mean on Sunday morning, once a week. This is a lifestyle of offering up the fruit of our lips and praise to Him everywhere we go in all that we do, not just a song service on a Sunday morning. Let us continually offer the sacrifice. This sacrifice is a physical offering. It requires something of you to bring to Him. This is not a call to duty, but rather it's a response to all that He is. It's something you have to bring to Him, not others for you. It's your sacrifice. It's your offering to your God. Part of worship is declaring with our voice the goodness of God. We sing these songs I pour my heart out. But this can also be accomplished
through our song service. Maybe it's maybe it's this. I could sing of your love forever. 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 Come on, sing it. I could sing of your love forever. I could sing of your love forever. Come on, your lips giving glory to him. Come on. would say, why? Why? You can go ahead and be seated because we're not done. I could sing of your love forever. The fruit of our lips collectively honoring and praising and worshiping God. You sang them. My question to you is why? The fruit of your lips being offered up to God, you better be able to tell me why you could sing of his love forever. Otherwise, you're just going through some ritual or some lip service that has no worship value to God whatsoever. Do you get that this morning? Do you understand? If what you're singing from your lips is not in your heart, you're going through some motions. You're into some kind of a routine or some program. You're just going through the motions, but you're not worshiping. Matthew 15, 8 says, With their lips they do honor me, but their hearts are far, far from me. Why? Maybe because he touched me. Oh, he touched me. And oh, that joy that floods my soul something happened yes it did and now I know he touched me and made me I could sing of his love forever because he touched me. And all that was empty and lifeless became whole and had purpose once exposed to that knowledge of his great love. Maybe it's Jesus. Name above all names. Because I had an illness and he healed me because I was addicted and he set me free. His name is greater than sickness or disease. It's above all other names. I can testify. I can sing. And from my lips, those words have meaning because I've been through something. I've been revealed or he's been revealed to me 
through those circumstances in a way that I can sing those songs and they mean something and they're worship. They're worship for me. It's not just lip service. Or how great is our God. Or maybe it's how great thou art. How great thou art. We sing songs that declare the name and the worth of our Lord and Savior. Describe the splendor of the King. This can be accomplished through our worship service and singing, but it can also be accomplished in preaching. That's right, folks. Brother Jason is a worship leader. And I could hear the collective gasp from all those who have heard Brother Jason sing. <clears throat> so let's give it a second for the oxygen in the room to level back out. Jason, I hope you're not listening. Preaching is worship. Declaring the truth of the Word of God. Proclaiming His love for us all is part of the fruit of our lips, but it can't stop there. There's more to that than just coming in once a week, singing a few songs about God and hearing a good message. The Scriptures go on to say, verse 15 ends, and then verse 16 begins. How many of you know, how many teachers do we have in here? Teachers? You don't begin a sentence with a conjunction, right? Am I right? Right? Verse 15 ends. And then verse 16 begins with and. So you, you don't begin a sentence with a conjunction. So if verse 15 says, this is the thing, and then verse 16 begins with and, that means that, that you got a thing here and then you got a thing here. And if you're talking about praise and you're talking about worship that's honoring to God, then you've got this. And then you got and. That means that this isn't it. This and this is it. It's what we're talking about collectively. The scripture goes on to say, and do, verse 16, and do not forsake to do good and to share with others, for in these things God is pleased. You want to please the heart of God? Make him stand up and take notice in all of his worship that's going on through the galaxies and the universe. To cause him to bend his ear or turn and look your direction as all of creation exalts him. Do these things. This is what pleases God, the scripture says. This is the worship that gets his attention. The fruit of our lips declaring his praises and our life being poured out to others for his glory. John Piper said it this way, worship is what we were created for. This is the final end of all existence is the worship of God. God created the universe so that it would display the worth of his glory, and he created us so that we would see this glory and reflect it by knowing and loving it with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. The church needs to build a common vision of what worship is and what she is gathering to do on Sunday and scattering to do on Monday. It's not about a one-time experience per week to come in to get our consumerism fed. 
and then to go out and forget about for the rest of the week only to come back and consume again. Worship isn't for us. Yes, we do benefit from worship. We absolutely do. We can't help but feel His presence, but it's for Him. And our purpose is to be a drink offering poured out for the glory of God that, that others may see. We do good deeds and, and we share with those who are less fortunate than ourselves because it's how it makes God look, not because of how it makes us look. This is worship that is pleasing to God. The fruit of our lips that openly profess His name and do not forget to do good and to share with others for with such sacrifices God is pleased that they might see your good works and glorify your father in heaven that others may hear the end result being they see God I love this line in the song how great is our God it says sing with me now how great is our God and all will see how great how great is our God that song to me just says it all bless Chris Tomlin and all those guys that got together and wrote that song It talks about sing with me, declare with me, be an example with me so that others can see and all will know how great is our God. That's what it's about. I was preaching years ago in a small church, and I remember the Lord giving me a a scenario to help me illustrate what it it looked like to to display maybe what we believe. Because I'm going to tell you, our worship is a reflection of, of what we believe. Okay? I'm going to be honest with you. Your worship is a reflection of what you really, really believe. So the Lord gave me this scenario. <laughs> you're sitting in your house and you're working at the table and you're filling out your bills and there's more month at the end of the money. Don't know how you're going to make ends meet. you got trouble, problems. <laughs> And you hear this knock at the door. And so you get up and you go to the door and you open the door. And there standing before you is a man in this well-fitting business suit holding this huge leather-bound briefcase. And the man says to you, sir, I come and I want to offer you this, this briefcase. Now contained inside this briefcase is everything that you'll ever need for the rest of your life. Every want, every desire, everything satisfied for the rest of your life. It's yours. I want to give it to you. All I ask is that you open it, that you receive it. And so the man, desperate because of the situation that he's in, hey, Let's go. Let's go for it. So he opens up the briefcase, and inside he finds millions and millions and millions of dollars, gems and jewels and gold, everything. He's blown away. His needs have been met. He's taken care of for the rest of his life. He's got everything he needs right there. And so what do you do with that? You think he slammed that briefcase shut and slammed that door real quick before that guy had a chance to take the briefcase back? The guy said, and not only will I do this for you, but for everybody you bring to me, I'm going to do it for them too. What do you think his response was? Slamming that door in his face and running off with that briefcase before he took it back? No. 
the same response that you and I would have if that, if that situation came before us. And we would be on three or four phones at one time calling everybody we could get within earshot, plus standing on the front porch screaming at the top of our lungs to any neighbor that might be in earshot. Amen? This guy has everything you need. Come on! The gift is amazing. It's incredible. Come get it. Your reaction to what your eyes had been opened up to, the truth, the reality of that offering, would be elation followed up by action. You're going to do something with that belief. With that newfound belief, you're going to do something. Well, in this scenario, Revelation 3.20, Jesus is the salesman. says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. The leather-bound briefcase is the Word of God. 2 Peter 1, 2-4 says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ our Lord. According as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. All that we need for life and godliness and exceeding precious gifts. All that we need. Our belief in these things is what prompts our response. Folks, if there's no response, chances are there's little to no belief. A great example of a life of worship is Paul. Paul writing to Timothy at the end of his his journey here on, on the earth. said this, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. The time of my departure is at hand. Paul was at the end of his journey, his last days, and he was still being poured out as a drink offering. You may think that you're too old or you've done enough and it's about time that you got to... (laughs) It's not about that. It's about being His until you are eternally His. It's about giving until there's no one there to give anymore. It's about being spent for the cause of Christ. It's about Paul being poured out even up until the point of his departure. He knew that he had fought the good fight of faith and that there was reward laid up for him in heaven that God was going to give him. Spent, even up until his last breath, every day, all day long, everywhere you go, you worship. And that's everyone sitting in this room. You worship. It's what you do. It's who you are. We're all worshipers created to bring pleasure and glory to the God who made us. I don't know whether or not you consider yourself a a worshiping kind of person, but you cannot help but worship something. It's what you were made to do. Praise him. Come on up. Should you for some reason choose not to give God what he desires, you'll still worship something, exchanging the creator for something he's created. Worship should matter to you simply because it matters to God. And worship matters to God because He knows He's worthy. I know that doesn't sound too persuasive in our me-centered culture, 
but it's true. Worship doesn't begin with us. Worship begins and ends with God. And God is worthy of all praise from all people all the time. Louis Giglio said it this way, and that was who was in that video about the, the stars. He said, worship is our response, both personal and corporate, to a God for who he is and what he has done, expressed in and by the things we say and the way we live. So well put. Because he touched me, I could sing of his love forever. Because he's revealed himself to me in so many ways, I can declare his goodness and I can sing these songs and I can relate to the, to the words of these songs and offer them up as a praise offering to God. And because he's been so good to me and so faithful and so merciful, I can live my life in that way with others. I can, I can do good and I can, I can share with them what he's done for me. Because he's so good. That's what worship is. It's not a, a fancy song or the hottest new group or this or that. It's a heart pouring itself out to God. It's singing from your lips, you there could be 10,000 people sitting in this room and you are on his mind. And your worship is on his heart. It's on his mind. We get caught up in this consume, consume, me, 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 I, I, I. It's not about that. It's about pouring yourself out, declaring, saying, thank you, God. Thank you. Praise you. God, you're worthy. You're worthy, oh God. Pouring yourself, pouring your heart out. But you got to bring it. I can't do it for you. These other singers can't do it for you. Brother Jason can't do it for you. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for this time that you've given us to come into this place collectively and corporately, God, to, to continue what you've already been doing in our hearts all week long, Father, and that's worship, God. Lord, thank you for letting us gather together in here, God, in one accord, and worship you together. God, forgive us, Lord God, for missing opportunities and for not understanding. Lord, thank you for your word. And thank you for your spirit that leads us and guides us and directs us. Lord, just reveal yourself to us more and more each day. Lord, as we leave this place today, God, let it be on our hearts and on our minds all week, God, to be walking this word out. To be lifting up praises to you, God. and Lord, to, be, to do good, Lord God, that others could see what a great God you are. God, and to share with others so that they can see 
how great you are. Lord, that we would develop a lifestyle of worship. Lord, and we come into this place, having come through the door, which is your son, Jesus. Sunday, Lord, the ceiling would blow off of this place. Lord, we just praise you. We thank you, God. You're so good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.